Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirit Room podcast. I'm Melissa White. I'm your host, and I'm so pleased to be joined today by a very special guest. Her name is Kate Spreckley. She's a spiritual healer, teacher, author, and founder of Spirit Pathways. She's known for her teachings on consciousness, the awakening process, and the path of self-mastery. She's been teaching and counseling individuals and groups for over 20 years, drawing upon a variety of spiritual and healing traditions, including shamanism, energy healing, and the wisdom of the indigenous cultures. Her teachings emphasize the importance of cultivating inner awareness, connecting with higher consciousness, and embracing the transformative power of love and compassion. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Melissa. Looking forward to it. Yes. So I, I would also like to just say, because I know she'll, she'll be listening, I'll thank our mutual friend, Jackie, for the introduction. Yes, thank you, Jackie. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I think we can just get into it. So tell us first, where did you grow up and where are you calling in from today? I'm originally from South Africa and was born in Johannesburg and lived most of my life in Cape Town, which is a beautiful seaside town in, at the bottom end of Africa. And I'm currently in, in Vancouver in Canada. I moved here a year ago, just over a year ago. My dad's family is Canadian, so that side of my family is all here. And yeah, my kids finished school and kind of gone on to university and working and have their own lives and I felt called to to come to Canada and to kind of explore explore this side of the world and uh, yeah it's been quite a journey. I bet I mean it's a huge a huge change for sure I can imagine. How has it been like what have you how has your year here been like what have you experienced? It's been fascinating because, I, I, you know, I, I think I always knew that I, I – that's actually not so true. I think for most of my life I believed I would spend my entire life in South Africa. And it's only really been in the last, I'd say, 10, 12 years that I've been feeling that there's there's more that I've got to, I've got to do, there's more I've got to experience, there's expansion for myself that is needed. And um, – and it's particularly in my work. And so I think I, I've been a single mom for 20 years and 
So my kids have, have been my priority and I needed to make sure that they finished school and they had settled and were able to survive and, and, and live their lives without me being right there all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt that I had to wait for them to, to, to kind of grow up and finish school, which I did. And that call to come to Canada just gets got stronger and stronger. And my dad has been here uh, for over 20 years. And it just made sense to, to, to come to him. So I did. And it's, it's, it's been a really interesting time. It was heart-wrenching and devastating leaving my, my girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's been the most difficult part of this whole journey, being so far away from them. I've been a very involved mum, so leaving them was, was, was hard. But I've also recognised, you know, growing up in South Africa, it's a, it's a third-world country. It's, I suppose, for outsiders, it's a, it's a dangerous country to live in. It's got a high crime rate. There's a lot of um, violence. Uh, you know, you can't you can't go for a walk kind of in the mountains or in the forests and sometimes even on the beach on, on your own, you know, without the threat of being mugged or hurt or something. So it's 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 a challenging place to live. And as a result of that, you live in this heightened state of awareness all the time. You know, you're always making sure doors are locked. You're making sure that even when you're in the car and you stop stopping at a traffic light, you know, you're making sure what's around you, who's around you, are you safe? And it's growing up there, it's it's normal, it's natural, it's it's just how it is. And I think coming to Canada, which is far safer in so many regards, has been interesting just to observe my myself and my own system and how I'm relaxing and my system is relaxing into the space of feeling safe. So that's been interesting to observe. And then, of course, just, I mean, it's an incredibly beautiful country, Canada, and I, I love being in nature and love walking in, in, in the forests and, and on the beach and in the mountains, and it's all inspiring So, and, of course, very, very different. Everything is different. Yeah, I'm driving on the wrong side of the road, although you can sit on the right side of the road. Uh, <laughs> You know, the food is different, the shops are different, how things work here is very different. So it's been it's been interesting navigating all this change, but but exciting too. Right. Well, it sounds like such an adventure, and that is super fascinating and interesting. And I could see that that would be very true, that you wouldn't necessarily realize that state of heightened, you know, just being in that almost like fight or flight all the time, if that's how you grew up and that was your environment all the time, would be very normal. So it's very interesting that coming here, you were able to allow yourself to have some freedom, I think, with, you know, being able to enjoy nature in a in a different way and feeling safe. So that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can go for a walk in, in, in the forests here and you know, wander around for two hours and not bump into a single soul. And the only thing I really have to worry about is bumping into a bear. I was just saying, I was just thinking that to myself because 
I think maybe, you know, those that have lived here, you know, all our lives, we might take it for granted a little bit that that is very freeing. Like there is a huge freedom in that, but that is always my concern too. The the bear thing is the only thing that does make me a bit nervous. But of course, there's ways that we can, you know, you could bring your well, bear. I, I've had bumped into a bear. Yeah. I, we, we went into the Rockies and, and came across a grizzly sitting <laughs> on a golf course. And oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> for a, a walk here and it, it, outside of Vancouver and uh, a bear crossed the pass. But, you know, it it, it was interesting. I, I observed there wasn't any fear. You know, mm-hmm. I think when I saw the grizzly, I was a little bit like, oh, where do I go if this guy decides to get up and start coming to investigate? Right. Really yes, it, it would cross, cross your mind. Well, that's wonderful. So can you share a little bit about your spiritual journey and how it began? That's an interesting question because I think, you know, my spiritual journey, I don't, I don't think it, it ever started or stopped. You know, as a child, I was, I was incredibly connected, although at the time I thought it was completely normal. And part of that feeling of it being completely normal was confirmed by my grandmother one time when I was, I, I don't know, I must have been about four or five years old. And I was sleeping over at my grandparents' house and I was a bit scared because she'd put me in a really dark room. And she said to me, don't worry, all the angels are sitting around your bed. So mm-hmm. you know, they are, you know, they, I can see them. So, you know, she kind of confirmed that the, the, that there were angels around me, which I had always seen. And I, I grew up in, in quite a um, challenging family dynamic and felt mostly unsafe in that space and my my safety I found in in that spiritual realm and with God and so I spent most of my early childhood talking to God and talking to the angels that were with me they were my safety they were who I turned to for comfort and so I had this really rich internal world and it stayed with me until I was about 16 or 17 and I then I don't know what prompted me to start to talk about it but I you know I I, I could see things and feel things and I would say to friends oh can you see that or can you feel that and of course they 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 couldn't and would joke and say you know what drugs are you taking and you know mock me about it and so I I kind of shut it down a little bit because I, I suddenly realized that this was something that no one else was able to do and it was being considered weird. And, of course, as a teenager, all you want to do is fit in with your peers. Mm-hmm. And I remember making a conscious decision like, okay, this is too weird. I'm not going to do this anymore. And as a result of that, I actually got quite sick physically. And so it, it didn't it, – it wasn't a huge part of my life anymore, but I was still pretty interested in all this um, what we would call alternative stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, started reading books when I was about 18. And then when I was 25, I fell pregnant with my first first daughter. And that just blew everything open. Through, her, through that pregnancy and through her birth, everything that I'd shut down opened up. And it was pretty overwhelming and pretty frightening because, you know, you kind of think you're losing your mind. Mm-hmm. And you know western medicine i was diagnosed with with postnatal depression and 
being treated by psychologists and psychiatrists, and none of which was helping because, you know, of course it wasn't making any difference. And eventually I managed to find myself with a, a woman who was an energy healer. And she explained to me, thankfully this was only a year later, years of, of, of navigating the Western medicine model, and she explained to me that I was in, you know, that I'd had a spiritual awakening and, you know, she said, you're really young to be doing this, you know, that, like this only happens to people much later in their lives and not sure why it's happened to you, but there's obviously a reason and a purpose and you're not going to be able to shut this down. You've got to learn to work with it. And so I did, I started to embrace it and I started to, I suppose, the journey of self-discovery, you know, who was I? You know, what was my purpose? What am I here for? What what is the reason I've had this in, this this awakening? And at the same time, realizing through the birth of my daughter that I needed to heal, or I was going to recreate and and redo the damage that had been done to me as a child. I was now going to put it onto my my children. So that's when I started actively really engaging in a healing process and looking at my past, looking at my trauma and delving into all sorts of things. And I started writing about children and education and new ways of parenting. And And this was in, I think, 2000, 2001, and was interviewed on radio and interviewed on TV. And then suddenly had all these people wanting to see me and contacting me, but having no experience of working with people because prior to this, I was in corporate and I was climbing the corporate ladder. Um, mm-hmm. And that, of course, all changed with this awakening and realizing that there was more to life than what, what the corporate world presented and uh, that I was feeling this call to be of service. And, yeah, so I just started following that call and started really trusting in the guidance that I was being given, the insights that I was being given, the the truth and the wisdom that was being shared with me through the angels and the guides that were working with me. And I suppose that's that's kind of where it started and it's just grown and evolved. And obviously in that time, it's it's uh, I got divorced. Um, I was a single parent of two very small children. Yeah, so it's, it's been it's been a journey. Definitely. Wow, beautiful. I agree with with what you're saying as far as like really no end or no beginning because I think our whole life really is a spiritual awakening, you know, like in itself. But I relate to what you were saying there about feeling like shutting it down and I remember also around that age like high school young adult feeling almost a bit of shame for my sensitivity or for my connection with spirit or my beliefs, like the way that I saw things. Mm -hmm. And so it makes perfect sense that we would, of course you do, you know, you do want to have that sense of belonging and you just want to be kind of accepted and normal, you know? So it makes sense that, you know, that, that happens. And also what you're saying about pregnancy and birth, motherhood, I was 23 when I had my son, and that was really such a catalyst for so much, you know, so much spiritual awakening. And then 
seven years later when I had my daughter, that was really sort of like the the second part of that. Like then things really just like blew wide open. And it was a sense that, yeah, there was no unseeing what I'd seen or, you know, I couldn't not know or see the truth and things. So, yeah, that I, I relate to what you're saying there for sure. And what, what was so weird, because for, for most of my life, I, 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 had, I knew it was almost like I could see my life till I was 30. Mm-hmm. After 30, there was just this darkness. And, you know, and I knew that I was going to get married and I knew that I was going to have children before I was 30. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it used to, you know, I, I don't, it wasn't really freaked out about it, but I just used to contemplate and think, well, maybe the, the darkness is, you know, death. Maybe at 30, I die. And I didn't really feel too freaked out about that because death, yeah, I, I think I have a, I don't have any fear around death, so that helps. Mm. But, it, you know, at 30, at 31, I got divorced. And my entire, by the time I was 30, my entire life was different. You know, and I was, I was, I was realizing that my whole life I tried to fit in. You know, I tried to be normal. I tried to do what everyone expected of me. I tried to be the daughter and the wife and the friend, et cetera, et cetera, that everyone wanted and needed me to be. Mm-hmm. And by 30, it was like, this isn't who I am. You know, this this is not who I am. This is not the life that I want to live. This isn't how I want to be in the world. And it was this massive transformation that shifted me out of kind of one way of being in the world and into another. And 20 years later, I'm still exploring that, what that life is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly, you know, an evolving, unfolding journey for sure. I was reading on your website that you've developed your own unique healing process and I would love to hear about what what that's all about and how you came to create it well when when I had all these people contacting me and asking me for help I mean I I think I was about at that point maybe 28 or 29 and and I was freaked out about it it was like I you know what do I know Mm -hmm. at 28 what do I know how do I how do I advise people you know what to do with their lives and how to move through their pain and their suffering and their trauma and so I um I felt like I needed to be able to offer some kind of service so I Mm -hmm. found a, a Reiki course and I went off for this weekend um, Reiki course and in that course obviously you know realized that I was able to channel energy and was able to tap into a force of energy that I knew was there but I didn't know how to direct it and you know after that weekend you're kind of told to go go and practice you know go and practice on friends go and practice on family just go and explore and start to work with it. So I did. And when I started working on people, I was being guided to work differently to what I was shown in the Reiki course. Yeah. And I'm I'm an incredibly inquisitive and curious person and I, I love to learn and explore new things. So there were a lot of questions that I was asking of of the angels and guides who were working with me of like, you know, why do you want me to put my hands there and what am I doing and what's happening? And, and in this time I was given visions or information about the person that I was working on that often I was, I was asked to share. 
and you know through that then exploring deeper the, the healing that was needed and then through that counseling them through that process and this continued for i suppose a couple of months and then i was being shown that there was a pattern of energy that existed in in people in in their in their field and i was being directed to points where this pattern was located in their in their physical body and that this pattern was just it was a dysfunctional pattern or an unhealthy pattern that needed to be cleared and released and i was often given um, information about experiences that they'd had when they were children you know and and or, or there would be something that came up in their in their body or in their field and i would be told you know something happened when they were 7 years old or something happened when they were 5 or something happened when they were 12 and i would say to them you know what happened when you were 12 or what happened when you were 5 or what happened when you were 7 and then you know they would ex- explain some event that had happened mostly traumatic that had then lodged itself in in the body and in the field and then i was guided to clear these traumas and to clear the the energy of them and then i was the, the, the you know this continued and it it was fascinating for me fascinating to see the links and the connections and how the body and the energy work together and it you know there was no external human teacher that was teaching me this was all spirit that was showing me and guiding me and then i was shown that in the first 28 years of our lives is when this pattern of energy is created and i was shown that you know every person uh, the, the the soul is incarnated into the physical body and that in the perfect world parents would understand that the soul is now incarnated in this body and that they would hold space for the soul to grow and to evolve and to emerge into the physical body into the physical reality and into the physical experience and obviously having small children of my of my own at the time i you know i was observing them and i was observing how their personality was emerging and how they were expressing themselves in in their physical body and in their physical reality and it was it was fascinating and then i was shown that as we grow because for most people practically from birth you know you're told this is who you need to be this is how you need to be this is how you need to live you know the whole time from parents from then the educational system you know then from the external world we are told this is this is who you need to be this is how you need to be and there's very little emphasis on the individual soul and this process of incarnating and understanding that the soul has a purpose and that the soul actually comes with a map or a blueprint for their life and that we don't need to tell people who to be and how to be we just need to help them activate that blueprint and activate that essence of themselves and bring that out into into the physical into the into the experience of their lives and i was shown how this blue this um a pattern created in the first 28 years almost suffocates and suppresses that soul essence and the truth of who they are and then i was guided to and shown how to clear this pattern and it it's get gets broken up into into four phases so you have the first part of it is is the years 0 to 7 which is the energetic development of the emotional body 
And so there's a pattern of energy that's created through the, the those years that influences and impacts the emotional expression or the emotional reality of an individual. And then we look at 7 to 14, which is the energetic development of their physical body and also obviously their that kind of feminine nature, they create an individual's creativity and their their imagination. And sadly, what happens to a child at the age of seven? They they put into school and they're taught to read and to write and to do maths, and you know, not much is focused on that internal world and their creativity, or stimulating their imagination. And then you've got seven. To, uh, 14 to 21, the next seven-year cycle, which looks at the development of the, the energetic development of the mental body and the masculine energy within within us. So at that time, teenagers are, are trying to figure out who they are, you know, how they're going to be in the world, what are their values, what are their beliefs. They are looking to find ways of expressing themselves in the world. It's pretty confusing because you have so much external noise and so much external influence that is telling you who you need to be and how you need to be which then creates this pattern and creates so much confusion for people and then the next seven year cycle is 21 to 28 which is the development of the the spiritual body and so 21 to 28 we should be exploring our spirituality we should be deepening into that inner connection to to source to god to the beings, the angels, and the guides that are with us and developing a deeper understanding of our purpose and how we can be of service to this world. And then what's fascinating is that from 28 to 35, that 0 to 7 cycle is activated. So what I started to see is that people in that age group, what was surfacing in them and in their lives was the trauma, the unresolved trauma, the unhealed trauma from that first seven years of their lives. So I started to be able to link, okay, how old are you? You're 32 years old. What happened when you were five? What happened when you were four? You know, whatever you're dealing with now, that is because that experience is locked into your system and needs to be cleared and to be released. And then from 35 to 42, you've got the cycle from 7 to 14. So whatever you're experiencing is coming up from that time. And then 42 to 49 is uh, 14 to 21. And then 49 to 56 is 21 to 28. And so it keeps going. And what I was shown is that we can clear that energetic pattern, free the individual from recreating in some form the trauma, the suffering, the experiences of the past, and activate that essence within them, that true essence within them, their soul, and allow that to start to play a part in their lives, just to help them to feel comfortable in who they are, to start that exploration of self and that deepening into the connection with self. Yeah, so that that's the process that I that's one of the healing processes that I offer that was fascinating to to see and experience and, and work and yeah I've been working with people for 20 years clearing those patterns and helping them to find themselves again really I love it I love it because those observations and those you know insights that you received were coming f from spirit and through you and I feel like you took you know you took that and then created something with it so kind of like an 
exploration, a very, you know, like a, the energy of a, a bit of like a rebel heart in a way and a, an experimenter, you know, so I, I absolutely love that. And I think for people, you know, without looking at any of those patterns, so many people will just go on living this life on autopilot. Exactly. So it's pretty powerful to look at, at all of that. And it is very interesting what you've seen there with the, you know, the energetic patterns. And then with the ages, I can totally see how that would, that would be so true. You know, it's, it's actually very interesting. And I think also something about what you said about the kind of freeing people from, you know, those patterns. I, I think that's really a beautiful empowerment that they're receiving. And also this ability to express what's truly in their soul, you know, who they are, their essence. That's, that's so incredibly powerful for people. And what's fascinating is I, I've, I have a few clients. I have a lot of clients that I've worked with, you know, since I started doing mm -hmm. this work and they, you know, they had kids and they would bring their children to me at the end of each seven year cycle. So when mm -hmm. the kids were they'd bring them to the kids to me to clear that seven-year cycle. And then when they were 14, they'd bring the kids to me at 14 and we'd clear that, that cycle. And then at 21, the kids would come again and they would make those appointments and they would, they would, they would come because they want, they recognize the benefits of this. And they, they were all in their mid twenties now, these kids that I work, worked with. And what's so fascinating to watch these kids and how different they are because there's no, I mean, I'm thinking of one particular family whose you know, parents got divorced and there's been a lot of stuff that these kids have had to, to deal with and manage. But there's a, a sense of detachment. You know, they clearly recognize that this is their parents' stuff. This yeah. is not theirs. They haven't taken it on. And they are so present to themselves. They know themselves in a way that is mind-blowing for me because I look at myself at that age and I'm still trying to figure out how the, how the world worked, let alone who I was. And these kids just know. You know, they are determined. They know the steps they need to take to, to create the life that they want. There's such a solidness in them and a groundedness in them that is fascinating to see. Well, it gives us a lot of hope, I think, for, you know, the, the future generations to come mm -hmm. definitely as well. And there's certainly generational trauma that's being cleared there and the ripple effect. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a profound ripple effect, definitely. And what's interesting is that, you know, certainly in the last 10 years, I think my work has really deepened into incorporating that generational trauma and recognizing the influence of transgenerational trauma and, and how that is carried and repeated again and again and again and again. You know, we talk about things like addiction being hereditary. It's not hereditary. You know, you don't inherit an addiction. You inherit a trauma that may trigger an addiction. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you don't inherit addiction. And if we address the, the, the inherited traumas, and clear that, that addiction isn't needed. Right, definitely. Yeah, it's getting to it's getting to the root. I think that's always been my focus, is getting to the root of things, because, you know, there's no point in dealing with the surface. There's no point in putting a bandage on, a bandage on, a bandaid on things. 
Mm-hmm. We have to root of things if we want real change to happen. Yeah, definitely. What about your own relationship with spirit? What's that like? And can you tell us a bit about how you connect with your own loved ones in spirit, your guides, your angels, all of that? I don't, you know, it's not really a formal practice. Mm-hmm. It's a permanent state of being. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm always in that space of, of inner connection there's generally always some kind of conversation that's going on with me and and, and my team and spirit, my guides and, and angels and God. I think I drive them all nuts because there's I'm, there's lots of conversation. And I think my practice now, uh, which has evolved, has become more a self-care practice. So recognizing the need to care for myself physically, that need to care for myself energetically the need for peace the need for tranquility the need for meditation the need for space to just be and that so I don't necessarily have a formal practice anymore it's more evolved into I live my life in that connection and through that beautiful I love it and I I really relate to that I think for people who are listening there's lots of listeners who are just kind of coming into their own sort of spiritual awakening or realizing their intuitive abilities, psychic abilities, of course, lots of uh, mediumship students that listen. Is there anything that you could share from the beginning of when you, like, say, after, you know, after having your children, when things were really intense, anything that you could share that was helpful for you as far as, I guess, having like what was your spiritual practice like at that point oh at that point I was just in survival so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of was grappling for for stability really mm-hmm. and I I really struggled for about three years trying to stabilize myself and to be present. And I, I realized in in that time just how unpresent I had been to my life and to everything. I'd kind of really not been in my body. And I became more and more aware of the need to be grounded, the need to be present, the need to be really truly connected to, the, to my physical self. And that's kind of the time that I started delving into the shamanic stuff. And um, I started a shaman- my shamanic journey at that time and that path really is about re-establishing a connection not just to yourself but also to nature and re-establishing that connection to the gifts that nature bring and I think for me at that time that was what helped me the most was just the practices that kept me grounded the things that kept me on this planet the things that that felt safe which was for me nature you know being on the beach being in in the forests walking in the mountains those are the things that held me here and helped me to to stay grounded to stay present so I think any practice that anyone can find that keeps them here because we have chosen to be here in human form and a lot of people certainly when they they start exploring these the, the 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 kind of the greater spiritual realms often become quite 
floaty and grounded, ungrounded and disconnected from the physical. And, you know, that's the worst thing that we can do because then you've got to find, you know, you've got to go on a whole journey to reconnect. And, you know, what I learned, it's not about going outside of yourself to connect. It's not about going outside of yourself to find the wisdom. It's about bringing it in and helping it to land in you because it needs to be something that is tangible and relatable. And in my work, you know, energy for most people is something that's intangible. They can't see it. They can't feel it. They don't know what it is. But yet for me, it's become something that is so present and and I can feel it. I can sense it. I can see it. And it needs, in my work, I always it, it needs to make sense. Yeah. If I'm picking something up energetically, it needs to make sense. It needs to be grounded in this reality. It needs to be something that someone can understand and grasp, not some, some out there concept. We need to be able to apply the wisdom that we are accessing, the information that we're accessing. We need to apply it here. We need to be able to work with it here. And so I, I, I do work a lot with people about helping them to connect, but to connect physically, mm-hmm. not just you know, make sure that every part of you is here. You are here physically, you are here emotionally, you are here mentally, and you are here spiritually. Because this is the realm that we are working in. This is where we've come to be of service. That's so true. This is so true. And I see it a lot in, well, I experienced it myself. Like when I started to really realize, you know, and and understand about spirit, I became almost so immersed in that realm that I was neglecting the physical body. I was neglecting my physical life, like certain relationships. And it's, it is, it's, it's not healthy. And it's certainly not why we're here. Like we're here to be both, of course, we're spiritual beings, but we're here to live a physical life, definitely. And so the, what you're saying there is so true that it has to be grounded and it has to be relatable and exactly what you said about being applicable to this world, this life. So I, yeah, I really appreciate you expressing that definitely. And I think also, you, you know, we're in a time now particularly where there is a massive shift in consciousness that is happening that is affecting everyone on this planet. Whether you are spiritually minded or not, it doesn't matter. Everyone mm-hmm. is affected. And, you know, if we are to be of any kind of service or help through these times, we need to be relatable too. Yeah. You know, we can't be seen to be these weirdos, woo-woo types that, that – people can't connect with that's so true or that you know uh, yeah are seen as sort of being put on a diff like on a pedestal or some kind of different level when actually we're all here guiding each other so exactly and all here working through our own process of of healing and awakening and recognizing you know who we are yeah always what do you find is the most challenging aspect of the work that you do? I think possibly when someone decides or chooses not to heal. Mm-hmm. I, find, I find that really challenging. Yeah, because you can see the potential. Yes. 
And then we recognize that we can't ever force anyone to do anything. And, and it's really, yeah, it's one of those things that you want so much for that person to see what, what is possible. Mm. And also because, you know, I think despite everything that I've faced in my life, I, you know, I did it. I'm doing it. And I kind of want to say to everyone, you can too. And if I could have done it, <laughs> mm -hmm. you can. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. What about the, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty, but the most rewarding part for you? Oh, you know, when you see someone shift, it's just the most beautiful, beautiful thing to see. You know, I am so blessed and I'm so grateful to be a part of, of so many people's journey. And to see them in that moment where that freedom hits, you know, where they are suddenly released and they do it, they do it. You know, I'm just there as a guide or a facilitator, but they are doing it. And you just see the light come on. And there's, this, you know, there's this light in their eyes and, and they start to shine. And there is hope and they feel empowered and they've got it. That for me is the most beautiful, beautiful gift. And especially, you know, when people have been through so much, have suffered so much and have felt hopeless, you know, felt like they, they, they weren't going to make it. And then they do. Beautiful. Well, it's so exciting. You know, that's an amazing thing to witness. And I think, too, it's so true that you can kind of see even, you can feel it in someone, you know, when they've they've gone through some healing and they're experiencing that freedom, peace of mind. But you can also sometimes see like a physical difference in the the way that they, the way that they look, like, it's true about the eyes, but I also think too, sometimes just the, the way that they recognize their own energy and they're kind of walking in this, it's a different way of, I guess, just carrying themselves. It's quite beautiful. It's almost like something is lifted from them. Yeah. There's a lightness to them. You know, there's a lightness in their eyes. There's a lightness in their being. There's a lightness in, their, in, in how they sit, how they stand. There's just, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, amazing. What about authors and books? Because I'm always curious about what others, you know, what others have read that's changed their lives. Anything, if you could choose one book that has changed your life, what would it be? Oh, you know, there have been so many life-changing books, I think, that I read, mm -hmm. but particularly in the early stages of, of my journey. I think, oh to pick one it's hard i know oh, it's so hard i mean i think the one that comes to mind really is well the first one that comes to mind is marianne williamson's book a return to love oh just an old book now it was old when i read it mm -hmm. and um i read it at a time where i think i had just gotten divorced and was really grappling with like who am i what am i doing here and really feeling that sense of, of not being good enough, not being good enough to do the work that I was doing. You know, who was I to be kind of teaching or facilitating healings for others? And and I read that book and it was just, yeah, it just landed somewhere really deep. 
And in that book is that beautiful quote um, that Nelson Mandela read out at his inauguration speech, which was, it is not the light, I can't, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of, um, it's not the light within us that we're afraid of. Uh, no, sorry, it is not the dark that we are afraid of within ourselves. It is the light. Wow. Yeah, so impactful. That's yeah. powerful. Mm. I wonder if that book was before or after A Course in Miracles. I think it was after. Because mm. she, does, she does quote um, a lot of A Course in Miracles stuff throughout the book. Oh, okay, I see. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. It's like a condensed version of A Course in Miracles. Mm, okay, wonderful. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? I'm not offhand that I can think of. Okay, wonderful. Well, I guess let us let us know where we can find you. Probably the best place is my website, which is katesbrickley.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are links, obviously, to Spirit Pathways through that website as well. The katesbrickley.com is my personal website, and then Spirit Pathways has all the courses and write, teachings and writings and things that I share. Okay, perfect. I will definitely add those in on the show notes and share that with everyone. I would just really like to thank you so much for sharing with us and for all of your beautiful insight. Thank you so much, Melissa. This has been beautiful. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. And um, I'll leave you with that. Everyone, as always, you can find me at melissawhitemedium.com and everything else is, is listed there. Wishing you a beautiful rest of your day. Take care and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.